Hey everybody, welcome to The Favorite Show, the podcast where we talk about our favorite things. Every week we pick a different topic to discuss, and since best can be subjective, we talk about the things that are our favorites. My name's Aaron. Sean here. And I'm Shannon. Guess who's sick? Wah, it's wah. me. No. <laughs> I hope I don't sound, well, as my voice cracks, <laughs> I hope I don't sound <laughs> too bad on this this episode. It's not COVID, I don't think. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just a cold. Uh, I should take another test. But anyway. Hopefully you hit right between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So you, so you weren't sick, hopefully, on Thanksgiving. And then hopefully you'll be fully over this with plenty yeah. of time for Christmas and, and New Year's celebrations. Yes, whatever it is, I hope it's gone before we get to the next coming weeks when, like, there's Christmas parties and stuff. So I'll take it now, whatever it is. So anyway, it's not bad. It's mostly just, like, sinus congestion. But, of course, then it means my throat sounds all weird. So anyway, I apologize, everybody listening, that I sound weird. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too weird. <laughs> um, before we get into this week's topic, we do have a couple of emails I want to read. Uh, the first email I want to read is from our good friend, Catherine. Uh, hey, Catherine, friend of the show. Uh, she says, hi, favorite show friends. I really enjoyed your last episode about favorite holiday foods. You hit on a lot of my favorites. Some that I want to mention that you didn't bring up are cinnamon apples, which is apples that are warmed and mixed with butter and cinnamon. That sounds great. Delicious. Sounds mm. great. Crescent rolls. Martinelli sparkling cider. We didn't really talk about drinks aside from eggnog, I guess, That's did we? True. Yeah. And Christmas cookies. Every Christmas I make four to five different types of cookies, and I look forward to having those around the house to munch on every year. Wow. And on Christmas Eve, our tradition growing up was getting rolled tacos from a local restaurant called Roberto's. Since moving to California and marrying Robert, hey, is that why? Just kidding. Uh, we now get tamales <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Happy holidays, Catherine. Catherine, thanks for writing in. Those all sound great. Yeah, we, we didn't go into a lot of the beverages, although I guess we had a beverage episode last New Year's-ish, I think. So anyway, those all sound good. Good to hear from you, Catherine. Uh, and then our other email is from Robert, uh, other friend of the show, <laughs> husband <laughs> of Catherine. Uh, we got we to gotta figure out some, some more elegant way of, of uh, referring to you, Robert. But I thought it was Roberto we just figured out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, the uh, sad when we have a short episode, uh, friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Robert, how's the commute? <laughs> yes. Hopefully the drive is going well. <laughs> he says, hello, favorite show, holiday food are my favorite. I love the turkey and ham and prime rib. I love all the sides unless they have mushrooms and I wash it all down with a cup of Martinelli's apple cider or eggnog. By the way, you are not weird. A nice cold glass of milk goes great with any sweet dessert. Yes. Vindication. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> This is my favorite side to make is soy chorizo stuffing. Uh, cook up the soy chorizo, add it to pre-made stovetop stuffing, and top it with cotija cheese. Uh, the spiciness of the chorizo mixes well with the seasonings of the stuffing, and you can't even tell it's soy. That sounds really good. I love chorizo yeah, already. Yeah. I'm going to try that out. Yeah, everything's better with chorizo. Uh, only my mom and I like yams slash sweet potatoes. Uh, this year, I put one in the microwave, scooped out the insides, and mixed in all the fall spices and maple syrup, and back in the shell, topped it with marshmallow fluff. It was quick and simple and a very nice twist on the sweet potato casserole. That's a good idea. Yeah, that is a good idea. My all-time favorite holiday food, however, is the leftover sandwich. Two pieces of sourdough <laughs> toast topped with any leftover you want, as long as you include a little bit of cranberry sauce. That's <laughs> uh, brilliant. <laughs> Thanks again for the great episodes and keeping me entertained on my way to work, Robert. Robert, enjoy the drive. Hope this one's better for you than <laughs> our short ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then before we get into the topic, I also have one quick programming update. I received a couple of messages of people being like, yeah, I'm with Stephanie. Coconut's terrible. And I listened back to the episode and I'm like, you know, I don't think I was very clear. I was trying to say Stephanie loves coconut. I don't. And obviously Shannon does not. But Stephanie loves the coconut. So... Anyway, just wanted to make that clear in case everyone's like, yeah, Stephanie hates coconut. She Put the pitchforks down. She's she's good. <laughs> I mean, almost all the rest of us hate it, but Stephanie's into it. So, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Let her go free. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 
Well, that's all the updates I have. You guys have anything else? Uh, no. Nope. All right, let's get to it then. Our topic this week, uh, rolling along with our favorite holiday topics here, is our favorite Christmas songs. So this has a lot of songs, a lot of stuff we could pull from. Um, yeah. I instantly had a very long list. Yeah. And we're yeah. going to make a, a Spotify playlist. We're going to put one together and uh, have that for you to listen to as well. But yeah, favorite holiday or favorite Christmas songs. I guess we could say holiday songs, but they're they're basically Christmas songs. That's what, what I'm listening to. <laughs> Um, I want to jump in with the first one to talk about. One of my favorite Christmas songs is White Christmas. And I wanted to talk about this one first because it has a really interesting history to it. So White Christmas uh, was written by Irving Berlin. It was written to go along with the movie Holiday Inn, not the movie White Christmas. It appears in that, but that came later. (laughs) But the movie Holiday Inn, which was released in 1942, the song won the Academy Award for Best Original Song at the 15th Academy Awards. It's it's been covered by a lot of people, uh, but the original of the song is actually uh, performed by Bing Crosby, who we all know is one of my favorites already. I didn't know this. Uh, Bing Crosby's version of White Christmas, the original, is the best-selling single in terms of physical sales media in the world ever. Wow. And I know that, like, People don't really buy singles anymore, right? Download, maybe. You download a a song, but people don't buy a physical single. So, granted, there's that. But still, this song that came out in 1942 has over 50 million copies sold worldwide and is still number one as far as physical media singles. I think that's pretty crazy. That's awesome. And has just about 350 million streams on Spotify. Oh, that's huge, yeah. So uh, this has a cool story, though. So accounts vary as to when when and where uh, Irving Berlin wrote the song. The most likely story, though, is that he, he wrote it while he was staying in a hotel in La Quinta, California, uh, around Christmas time. And of course, down here in Southern California, it never gets that cold. It's all sunny and lovely. He uh, stayed up all night writing this song, and the next day he uh, talked to his secretary and said, I want you to take down this song I wrote over the weekend. Not only is it the best song I ever wrote, it's the best song anybody ever wrote. <laughs> so I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> Confidence. The first public performance of the song was by Bing Crosby on his NBC radio show, The Craft Music Hall, on Christmas Day, 1941, which was only a few weeks after the Pearl Harbor attacks. It was uh, recorded as a single uh, shortly after in 1942, and uh, that copy was played so much on the radio and so many places, the master actually was wearing out. And so he re-recorded the song again in 1947, trying to, uh, as faithfully as possible, recreate the original. And that is the version that is most often heard now is the 1947 re-recording, which is really saying something also because recording technology back then, usually it was one microphone, right? It wasn't like we have now of even, even in, in, you know, between the sixties to eighties of like multi-track tape recording, it was like, it was all mono basically back then. And you had one microphone and you positioned the singer and the musicians, the orchestra, like was all positioned around to try and get the right balance going into the mic. So it was already quite a feat to record something back then. And so then to try and recreate something was, was especially cool. Wow. Anyway, all of this is just side notes here. The, the thing I wanted to get to is according, again, according to Wikipedia, but I, but I read this other places too, the song established that there could be a commercially successful secular Christian. Christmas song. In this case, ironically, written by a Jewish immigrant to the United States. Um, (laughs) But in in the 40s, before 1942, Christmas songs and films had come out sporadically and they were popular, but popular culture industry had not really viewed these songs uh, uh, as uh, centered on Christmas and centered on, you know, the the idea of like longing for home and hearth and Christmas long ago. It didn't really 
view them as a unique market. They were like these one-off little individual things that were fun. But after Irving Berlin and Bing Crosby's White Christmas, it was such a huge hit. And suddenly the music industry and, and, and pop culture in general suddenly saw, hey, Christmas music is its own thing. And this can be its own specific genre almost. And so I thought that was very interesting as I was doing my research about our favorite Christmas songs, that a lot of that we actually could do kind of owe to the song White Christmas for creating this this culture of, you know, now we see uh, all of our favorite artists come out with a a holiday album, you know, a Christmas songs album. Right. Kind of goes back to, and thanks to uh, White Christmas, which is pretty cool. That is kind of cool. I had no idea. And, uh, I could go on and on. There's there's actually a, quite a long Wikipedia uh, <laughs> article about the song if you ever want to go read it. Um, but I, I will stop there for the sake of getting through all of our many songs we're going to talk about today. But but yeah, really really cool song. And of course, I I love old uh, Bing Crosby, the the voice I aspire to. <laughs> especially not this week. I can't do it. <laughs> Anyway, that's all I got. What else you guys got? You know, I was really fascinating actually looking up the history of some of these songs because I have a lot of playlists and I have a lot of different Christmas playlists of if I'm feeling something more upbeat or slow or instrumental or whatever. And so I have one playlist that is like all of my favorites of all of them. And it's like some 2000 songs. So I did my best to narrow that down because this is this is not the Shannon show. And for (laughs) the most part, (laughs) for the most part, I kind of narrowed it down to favorite albums with like my most favorite song from them. So up there towards the top is the Christian rock band Jars of Clay. They have a Christmas album just called Christmas Songs. And then they have another one called More Christmas Songs EP. Nice. (laughs) Um, And so my favorite two from those from the first album is a song called Hibernation Day. Oh, that's a good one. Which we kind of had talked about with White Christmas, you know, kind of creating this new kind of like genre. But what I kind of really enjoy about the song Hibernation Day is it's not even necessarily a Christmas song. It's just kind of a winter song. Like, I also have a playlist that's just winter music. And Hibernation Day is one of those, that it's a really nice one. Obviously, it's around Christmas time for us that it's winter. From their other album, I really like their song Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home, which is, you know, originally by Darlene Love. But their cover is with ukuleles, and it's just so happy and dancey, and I don't know. Something about their cover specifically is one of my favorite versions of that song. That is a really good version. I like that a lot. I I love that album. I was actually going to bring up a song from that. My favorite from that album, um, from Jars of Clay, is God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, which has a little bit of everything in it. I I already like that song in the first place, but the Jars of Clay version has some cool instrumental effects. And then it has a part where it's, I think it's cello in the singing. And then it has what, what I believe is most of an orchestra. And then it's like very minimal with a singer. And so you get a little bit of all of it. And I just think it's an excellent rendition of that song. It's a good album. Yeah, agreed. So for the rest of mine, Shannon beat me to it, but I'm going to, as I introduce them, I'm going to tell you the name of the album. And then if, you know, let me know if you know who it is. And then if you don't, I'll let you know the year. And then if you still know who it, who it is, I'll tell you the artist. And that was when Shannon beat me to it because I thought... To be honest, I would have had no idea if I if, if Shannon had just said, "Hey, it's from this album called Christmas Songs." <laughs> oh that no, it's the bonus get... version. 
Uh, right. More Christmas Funny. songs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it, yeah. So yep, 2007, the album Christmas Songs. Lo- love that one. While I'm talking though, and uh, I'm going to count that one as one of Shannon's because I have too many as well. <laughs> My, I have, I have two favorite albums that I think, I think you probably won't need much more detail on this, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you on a little bit of a cliffhanger before I introduce it, which is, which is it's, it's, Probably my very favorite version of the song, I'll Be Home for Christmas. And if you have ever listened to like, I'm not even sure if I'm going to say it right, Imogene or Imogene Heap. Yeah, Imogene Do you know how to pronounce her name? I don't. Imogene Heap. (laughs) It's very much, I don't know if she's using like, like synthetic stuff or if it's a vocoder or, or what, but it's just basically... This idea of of all these harmonies and kind of an electric version with with her voice. And my favorite version of this song is from an album called Another Five Hundred East Christmas. <laughs> and I believe I believe that came out the year twenty twenty. Is that is that right? It did. Yes. <laughs> Great album. Great album. But um, and lots of good ones. That that was the the follow up album to the to the highly acclaimed A Five Hundred East Christmas, which I actually don't know what year that. That was initially released because it was to CD first. Do you, do either of you know? I don't remember when that album came out. I know it was recorded over several years. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you were getting to this. 500 East is us. We are. Oh, our, that's our right. Family yes, band yes. Is, is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> In case anybody didn't know, uh, our family band, neighborhood band was 500 East because that's the street we lived on. But no, we actually started recording that. I can't remember what year it was. It was back when we all lived like together in in utah and we had recorded a few of the tracks and then it got shelved for i can't remember why we just got busy or whatever but um it wasn't until after i was here in california that we revisited it and we used almost entirely all the stuff we recorded like years earlier um with just a few little touch-ups and and pickups here and there uh so yeah it had to have been what 20 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that range that it came out. I can't remember, yeah, actually. I don't know. I'm thinking, yeah, at least 10 years ago. But, um, but yeah, I mean, in that one, there were some songs I really liked. I, I I thought I was proud of myself for my work on God Rest You Merry Gentlemen on that album. I thought that's another favorite, even though, again, it's yes. the same song. The story I have to tell about this album, you know, it had to have been, let's see, it was back when I worked for a place back in, that I ended work for in 2014 and worked for from like 2009 to 2014. And I brought in a copy of the CD and gave it to some different people. And I gave one to my boss. And at this, this time I was working for uh, a pretty small production studio. I, I was in, in post-production as an assistant editor and the guy I gave it to, I was a little nervous to even give it to him because he's worked with a fair amount of, of big artists. Like he did a uh, music video for the killers and he's worked and done um, live productions with Brandy Carlisle and like a lot of people. And I, I, I was like, well, I'll just give it to him. And it was a month later. He's like, my kids just want to listen to it over and over, especially that song Feliz Navidad. It's just <laughs> over and over. And he's like, and I like it too. It's good. But they were, he was like, how about something else? And they're like, no, we want to listen to Feliz Navidad. And so he had just put like the CD in his car. And this guy, his family, just especially his kids, just loved our rendition of Feliz Navidad, which is just playful because it was our entire family. It wasn't even just the band. It was like 
it was like nieces and and grandparents and stuff like that, all kind of singing along. Yeah, we got the dog. In yep, there. Kiko was barking. So anyway, along. I was, was great. <laughs> I was very very proud of that. Um, that it was like, oh yeah, like even even this guy who has a background before film uh, for the most part, and and you know some kind of well both video and audio production um, with some big pretty big people. He his family loved it, and and I think he liked it too. But I think he probably got tired of it after like the fifty time but anyway I, w- I was pretty glad that <laughs> that we drilled that song into him <laughs> oh, yeah. that's pretty funny oddly enough actually this this sounds very self-serving but a couple of my favorite versions of of a few christmas songs are ones that we did i have to say Mine too. <laughs> i had as an honorable mention rudolph the red-nosed reindeer which we covered and just called it rudolph and it's like so i have to put i'll put some links so to this good. stuff i can't yeah. put a lot of these songs on spotify because we don't have the rights to cover them we didn't pay the rights to to do it so it was kind of one of those like you know kind of under the table like we'll share it on soundcloud and you know get away with it there but anyway so uh they're not on spotify but we'll have to give a a link to some of those and our uh good king wenceslas our version of that i think is the coolest version of that so oh the surfer version version is great yeah anyway we had a lot of fun doing that and and maybe one of these days down the road we'll uh we'll do another one we'll see (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah the second one happened it, it it was it was delayed. Well, I shouldn't say delayed. It was recorded over years, but it was finalized through COVID, and people were actually sending files to each other, which was pretty pretty awesome that we were able to record across multiple time zones and multiple states, and and that you, Aaron, were able to orchestrate that and put it all together. It was really fun doing it that way because I would record some bits and I would send them to you, Sean, and be like, "Hey, I, would you put some drums with this?" And you'd record the drum track and send it back, and we'd make it all work. And that was a lot of fun to do that. That was cool. Yeah, a lot of great ones from that. We'll definitely have to link it because there there are a lot that I like on there. For sure, crazy yeah. time signatures and stuff like that. It's 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 a little bit of everything. Yeah, we we cover a lot of ground. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next one I want to talk about, sticking with my uh, my good boy uh, Bing Crosby, I want to talk about Mele Kaliki Maka. It's uh, it's a Hawaiian themed Christmas song written in 1949 by R. Alex Anderson. And I have to say, uh, so I did some research because I always thought I love this song. I love like the Hawaiian vibe and and all that sort of thing. But I just always had in the back of my mind like this is probably written by some white guy in an office building that doesn't like it's it it almost feels like not like full-on cultural appropriation but like maybe a bit and and so as much as i love the song I was, there was always that little bit in the back of my mind so i looked up uh, about this r alex anderson so he's got quite a story so first off he is a white guy however he was born in honolulu and he died in honolulu at the age of 100 and he lived almost his entire Whoa. life wow. in hawaii so he even though he's not a native hawaiian he's a white guy he is about, that's about as Hawaiian as you can get without being <laughs> native, I guess. But yeah, he was born in 1894 and he died in 1995. Uh, so <laughs> he, he had a good long life. Wow. He uh, was a composer and a songwriter. And uh, he actually is one of these guys that is kind of credited with popularizing Hawaiian music. You know, culturally, Hawaiian, there's the, you know, the, the traditional Hawaiian music that was kind of fused with some of the more modern things throughout the 40s and 50s of, of you know, introducing like slide guitar and some of these things to their music. And uh, Robert Alexander Anderson was one of these guys who really kind of brought that to the forefront. He also had some really crazy stories. He was in World War I and was shot down and, along with a couple other prisoners of war, escaped and were behind enemy lines for, like, weeks 
trekking through like the countryside in Europe behind enemy lines before finally making it to safety. And I read, it's a long, long story and it's really good and it needs to be made into a movie, I think, because it was really cool. Anyway, so he wrote this song and uh, he... Uh, it, it's funny, the, the, the story on here on Wikipedia, uh, he says he recalled the inspiration for writing the song in 1949 while working at Von Ham Young. And he the quote starts, well, I'll tell you. So I'm just imagining this and like that. Well, I'll tell you, boy, uh, stenographer <laughs> in our office. This was just before five o'clock at Christmas. We were all leaving. She was next to me and she says, Mr. Anderson, how come there's no Hawaiian Christmas songs? They take all the hymns and put Hawaiian words to the hymns, but there's no original melody. And well, that spurred me right away. I thought, what a good idea. I thought this over and over a period of a few days, it came to my head and I put it down on paper. I've been singing it ever since. <laughs> just think that's great. That's awesome. Anderson was good friends with Bing Crosby, who was a frequent visitor to Hawaii and a golf pal of his. Anderson played the song for Crosby, who liked it so much that he surprised Anderson with the 1950 recording. In 1955, the song became part of Crosby's famous compilation album, Merry Christmas. This is the part I think is actually the coolest, though. If, that, if none of that was cool enough, here's the other coolest part. So the expression mele kalikimaka is a loan phrase from English. So because the Hawaiian language has different uh, phonological logical system than English, it's not possible to render an exact pronunciation to Merry Christmas. Standard Hawaiian doesn't have certain letters, R and S, uh, sounds that are the same in, in, in English. Uh, and so the phrase is derived from Merry Christmas. And here's kind of the, the chart of how it breaks down. This is cool. So if you start with Merry Christmas, so every consonant must be followed by a vowel in Hawaiian. So the T is removed since it already is silent in English, which leaves you with Merry Carissimasa. The C is not a letter in Hawaiian, and the closest equivalent is K, so Merry Kurisimasa with the K in it. R is not a letter in Hawaiian, equivalent is L. Y is replaced by E because the sound is already denoted in English, which leaves you with Mele Kalisimasa. S is not a letter in Hawaiian, the closest phonetic equivalent is K, which leaves you with Mele Kalikimaka. Whoa. Isn't that cool? I had no Interesting. idea. That's really cool. I never knew that. It's really cool to see it broken down. Anyway, I'm learning all kinds of stuff about this song. Wow. But when it comes down to it, I just think it's a fun song. Like, I just love how like happy and Hawaiian it is, and like you know, Bing Crosby, and like I think it's the I think it's the uh, uh, the Andrews sisters singing a lot of the versions, and it's just a like fun, happy song, and I, I dig it. Yeah, that's awesome. Now it's stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well. Let me share a song I have no cool stories about. Another one, I'm kind of trying to stick with some of the more unique ones going into it, see if you guys have any of duplicates for mine, because I know we all have long lists, is the artist Sufian Stevens, who has some really great, pretty unique music, and he actually has a lot of Christmas albums, and they're really long Christmas albums, actually. Like, <laughs> I've tried are. to listen through them. Um, but two of his albums that I really like... Um, are Songs for Christmas and Silver and Gold. And from his album Songs for Christmas is one of my most favorite Christmas songs, which is called Come On, Let's Boogie to the Elf Dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a name for a song. Oh, I know. Nice. And it's really catchy. It's a really fun song. Um, but I really, really like the lyrics to that one. That it's t it like really captures that feel of the excitement of like Christmas break. Because in the lyrics, they're talking about, you know, getting packed, getting ready to go. Your sister's over there cutting her own bangs. And the Kmart is closed. <laughs> and um, there's Aunt Marie and Uncle Bob. They give us good gifts, like mittens and socks. 
<laughs> hijack a snowplow, clear out all the streets, tell the neighbors there's cookies to eat, and then getting excited about Santa Claus coming to town. And then the second verse is actually all the lyrics to Away in a Manger, but it's sung to the same melody as this song that he's written. And then they kind of sing both verses on top of each other. And it's a really cool song. I really, really like it. And it's fun that it's very unique. It's not, you know, you're not going to hear this one overplayed on a radio station anytime soon. I love it. Yeah. The other one from his album, Silver and Gold, is the song Christmas in the Room, which is just a really sweet song kind of talking about, like, you know, when it's just you and someone you care about for Christmas and we'll just be together and we will make it be Christmas in the room. We'll be happy and we'll just have a good time. So it's a really sweet song and another one that, yeah, it's just got a very unique feel to it. So I really, really like Sufjan Stevens. I love it. He's awesome. Well, the next one I have for you comes from an album called Christmas Album. It's not Christmas and it's an <laughs> album. It's called Christmas Album. Well, this narrows it down a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> Came out in 1970 from a group called the Jackson 5. Ooh, that's Ooh. a good one. You know what, though? That <laughs> album is full of good songs, so it still doesn't narrow it down enough for me to pick which one you're talking <laughs> it's, about. <laughs> it's so hard. So I, 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 I'll I, mention two really quickly, but the first one <laughs> starts with a loud kissing sound, <laughs> and then and then <laughs> it goes into a rendition of I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. It's so and good. It's just, <laughs> it's just so perfect, too, because... You know, baby Michael Jackson, you know, is, is is talking about his mom, you know, kissing Santa Claus and kind of hammed up, but done so well. And then the other one, too, that I, I just I couldn't couldn't pass up is just Santa Claus is coming to town. Just the singing yeah. in that is phenomenal. Right. And the range and everything. It's just it's it's an amazing version. What definitely a favorite of mine. I would even add up on the housetop to that one. But like you said, the whole album is so good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> well, that's. Uh, do you want me to say another one because that was quick, or do you want to oh, no, just keep way, going around? We can lighten it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about another one. Okay, go for it. Uh, let's see. So actually, here's what I want to talk about. I realized as I was looking at my favorites, they're all like real, like classic, classic. You know the 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 traditional songs except for this one this one is like the least traditional christmas song ever uh and it's called white wine in the sun and actually i was just introduced to this song like a year or two ago it's by a guy named tim minchin uh and he is an australian songwriter who uh typically does comedy stuff so uh not parody like weird al but but does a lot of you know comedy writing uh, uh funny songs and he wrote this song white wine in the sun and it's it's kind of like it's 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 how do I say this? It, it's like the non Christmas Christmas song. Uh, so so uh, uh, Tim Minchin is is not a religious person. I don't, I don't know if he actually calls himself atheist, but he he's he's very non religious. And so he wrote this song, and it starts off. He says, "I really like Christmas. It's sentimental, I know, but I still really like it." And then he goes on. He talks about you know I have you know, some of the objections of like the over commercialization of Christmas. And I'm not a huge fan about, um, you know, the, the commercialization of this ancient religion that's used to get people to buy Xboxes every year, but I still like it. Uh, you know, he, he kind of goes on about some of these like little, little foibles of like, you know, Christmas is great, but you know, do we have to embrace all this capitalism behind it? And, and do we have to like, 
you know, blah, blah, blah. Like he, he goes into all these kind of funny little details. And, and actually in the, in the original recording, it was a live uh, concert where he sang this song and you can hear the audience laughing. Like it's, it, you know, it's a funny song, but as he gets to the chorus, he, he, he says, you know, he's, he's fine with all that stuff because he'll be seeing his family. He says, you know, I'll, I'll be seeing my dad, my, my brothers and sisters, my aunt and my mom, they'll be drinking white wine in the sun. And I, I think it's actually a really beautiful song because it all, it talks about, yes, we love Christmas and maybe Christmas does, you know, originate for the, the date comes from pagan holidays and maybe it is for a lot of people kind of an excuse to, you know, hug daddy capitalism and go on a spending spree and whatever, whatnot. But when it comes down to it, like the thing that's beautiful about Christmas is the chance to see the people we love and to be with family and to be with people that we care about. And he actually says, so, so, so part of the song, he starts talking about his baby daughter. He's, he said, you know, and, and you, my baby daughter, you're, you're going to be passed around the family, like a, like a puppy at a boarding school. And, and you won't understand, but, but these are the people who are going to make you feel safe in this world. And he says, he, he even says it's a, uh, it's a little bit of uh, tricky songwriting here. He says, uh, initial verse and chorus, uh, juxtaposing skepticism with love of family. And the listener thinks they have this measure of the song that it's all funny but then we go, go and throw a tiny baby at the listener and start talking directly to her pretty manipulative really <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think it's a beautiful song i think you should go listen to it and and uh again like i said so many of my favorites are the very traditional you know santa and and home for christmas and stuff and this one i feel like is a very modern uh interesting twist on that to still be still be a beautiful song it kind of makes me tear up uh when he talks about you know looking forward to seeing his family every year i love that yeah that's awesome. I'll have to check it out. I've never heard that song. Yeah, I haven't either. It's in the playlist now. Yeah. Well, I'll kind of jump into a more traditional one then, which is actually, technically, not a Christmas song, which is the song Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. I was about to say, if you bring up favorite things from Sound of Music, you're off oh, the podcast. You're yep. Done. No, I'm kicked right out of the podcast, <laughs> kicked right out of the family. That's Pocket not Bell's a Christmas canon, song. you're out of here. No. <laughs> Very well. On Carry this on. Night, on this night. No. Get out. <laughs> Merry Christmas night. You're fired. <laughs> anyway, that's Sean on his uh, final episode. <laughs> See you later, Sean. <laughs> nice knowing you. No, but I do, again, back to the winter playlist that I've got. This is one of my favorite Christmas songs that really, when you listen to those lyrics, is not actually technically a Christmas song. And I was looking up kind of the history of it. It was actually written in July of 1945 during a heat wave. And the people who'd written the song were really wanting much cooler conditions. And it doesn't actually mention any holiday in there. It's just wanting it to be wintry and things like that. And so it's obviously played in our holiday season where it is all wintry, but it's actually played throughout the world. And in the Southern Hemisphere, it's usually played on radios in June, July, and August. And I was like, you know, I didn't really think about that. But yeah, it talks about specifically um, in New Zealand, they'll play it during like summer holidays. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of interesting to think about. Wow. But my specific version, my most favorite version of that song is one I've talked about before, which is Joe Pass from his album Six String Santa. Oh, it's so good. It's the very first song on that album, and it's so good. I love it. That whole album is amazing. Yeah, it is. Well, my next category, um, I guess before I tell you the category, I got to tell you the the album names. Um, the first album name for uh, for this group is called Christmas. <laughs> Came out oh, in the year geez. 2000. Oh, I think I might know that one. <laughs> and it's an acapella group. Yeah, I got it. Wow. Called, called Rockapella. Who 
That album <laughs> just got added to Spotify. It has not been on in years previous. Oh, so I it? have okay. been listening to that album. Oh, nice. Oh, so good. So good. So the two that I really like, I, if you've never heard of Rockapella, um, if you're old enough, you might have heard their song from Carmen San Diego. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? If you've ever heard of that show. But anyway, <laughs> if you're not old, then um, they're, anyway, they're just very playful and do do a really good job. And so the two that I really like are Santa Claus is coming to town and Winter Wonderland, which just are both very kind of playful and almost interactive the way that they sing with each other. I know a lot of times acapella, it can be hard to tell how many voices there are. And this one is very clear that other people are jumping in with different things. Mm-hmm. But I, it, it, what, what about you, Shannon? Is there a different favorite on that album for you? My favorite from that album is probably Glowworm slash it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. That is a good one. That is a really good one. I really like their version of uh, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. That's yes. super good. Oh, that is good. And then the other acapella group that probably narrows it down for you has an album that's called That's Christmas to Me, specifically the deluxe version. Um, any guesses of what that group is? Pentatonix? Uh, that's what I was going to guess. That's right. All Pentatonix, right. yeah. I got the 2015 one right. album. <laughs> yeah. And 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 I, I wanted to talk about these two groups at the same time because I think their music and the songs, at least, that really resonate with me are done very, very differently, even though they're both acapella groups. And so I, I really enjoy their version of Mary Did You Know, where it's it's done in a very... I don't even know exactly how to describe it. It's like a kind of a reverent thought provoking way of, you know, when you think about the lyrics of like, Oh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, did you know that your son would do all these things? And anyway, I just, I really like that version of it. They've they've got a lot of good Christmas songs too, but that's one of them that definitely makes it into my Christmas playlist. That is a really good album. I do have to say they do lose a point from me because they include let it go on there. And that's no good. <laughs> that's not a Christmas song. <laughs> they they do have a few. I actually I wasn't going to dig into it too much because I think they also have uh yeah a few of my favorite things or something like that uh, on there as well. But well, well, well. that's okay. I mean I don't, I, I don't add the whole album to my list. <laughs> their good ones are their good ones are worth it. Okay, good ones are good. It's true. <laughs> that's the joy of these streaming services. Just add the good songs. <laughs> Leave that's out true, yeah. Frozen and Sound of Music and stuff. <laughs> Uh, one more I want to talk about uh, with a little bit of detail is also not a Christmas song, but it's close enough, and I don't know when else I'm going to get to talk about this, but I love the song All Lang Syne. Me too. I think it's one of the most beautiful songs, and if you couldn't tell from listening to this podcast, I'm a very sentimental dude. Like, I get all teary about everything. So anyway, <laughs> All Lang Syne is, is a song that's traditionally sung to bid farewell to the old year at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve. So again, not Christmas, we're close enough, I'm going to talk about it. By extension, it is often heard at funerals, graduations, and farewells or endings of other occasions. The text is from the Scots-language poem written by Robert Burns in 1788. Uh, it is based on an actually an older Scottish folk song, but in 1799, the text from Burns was set to a traditional tune, and that has since become a standard. The Scots poem title may be translated into standard English as Old Long Since, or less literally Long Long Ago, 
days gone by, time long past, or old times. Consequently, for all lang syne, as it appears in the first line of the chorus, might be loosely translated as, for the sake of old times. Uh, famously, this is a song that nobody knows the words to. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> midnight of should all acquaintance be forgotten. Should all acquaintance be forgotten. You know, nobody knows it. The words are beautiful, you guys. Yeah, I, they are. I, one of my favorite things on New Year's, aside from, you know, staying up to midnight and partying, all that stuff is fun. I, I love watching the sunset on New Year's Eve because I feel like there's almost that like symbolic closure to the year, right? Like the sun's going down for the last time on this year. And it's like the, the ending of the chapter. And then you have all night to, you know, have fun or whatever. And the next day comes of the new, the new year. But for me, I just love that symbolic sun down and watching that and, and, you know, kind of wrapping things up. And I always find myself thinking about whatever's happened during the year, you know, the good times and, and a lot of times, you know, the hard, hard things that had happened. And as you read the words to Auld Lang Syne, you really get a sense of that. So I want to, I want to read them real quick. Cause it's not that long. And I actually, I have to, I had to find the, uh, translated version that has it in a little more normal English because the Scots version is, is very Scottish <laughs> and I can't understand most of it. <laughs> Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of all lang syne. We too have run about the hills and pulled the daisies fine. We've wandered many a weary foot since all lang syne. We too have paddled in the brook from morn till dinner time, but seas between us broad have roared since all lang syne. And there's a hand, my trusty friend, and give a hand to thine. We'll take a right good will draft for all lang syne. And surely you'll buy your pint cup, and surely I'll buy mine. We'll take a cup of kindness yet for all lang syne. And I love that. It's so great. Yeah. I actually haven't looked to see if this version's on Spotify, uh, but uh, Dougie McLean uh, is a, a Scottish singer, songwriter, and on YouTube, he has a version, a live version of him performing the song, and it's beautiful. And he does sing it in Scottish, so... you you know, try to, you can try to follow along. Um, but it's just beautiful. And I love the symbolism of it. It's on Spotify. It's in the playlist. Yes. <laughs> See, my favorite of that version of that song is by Andrew Bird, actually. Oh, his version is really good. Yeah. It's just kind of an upbeat, fun one that you've got the violin in there. And yeah, but that's, that's definitely been one of my favorite songs as well. There's a lot of great versions of it. The Head and the Heart have a really nice version of it as well. And it's funny that you'd mentioned the sun going down because that's actually, this is tangent to you can cut this out, but there, that's a big thing in a lot of cultures, actually, especially Asian cultures is not necessarily the sun down, but the sun up that there's a lot of, like, I know my sister-in-law Raquel, she lived in Korea for a while and in South Korea, they go on a hike in the morning to see the sunrise on the new year. And I was thinking that's really beautiful to think about, actually. I love that. That's really nice. I don't want to wake up early and take a hike, but like, that's great. That sounds lovely. <laughs> I especially don't want to wake up early after being up till, you know, almost dawn partying yes. and stuff. So, um, <laughs> I also used to say real quick, Ingrid Michaelson's version of All Lang Syne is beautiful. It's so good. Add that to the list, Shannon. It's All so right. good. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's hard to pick maybe a final one or two to go with here on my list. So you're going to have to listen to the playlist to hear all of them. Um, I definitely have a lot of honorable mentions, but the last two that I'll talk about um, is one is from an album called Bare Naked for the Holidays. What which a came good out album. In 2014. So good. <laughs> by, by the band Bare Naked Ladies. And the song that comes to mind, the reason I call this one out is because it is, as far as I'm aware, I didn't look up the background on it, an original song called The Elf's Lament. 
it's it's just talking about the labor uh, laws and how these owls just work all day and night. <laughs> but it's yes. done in such a playful song too that it's it, it's not until you listen to the lyrics that you're like, oh wow, yeah, man, those those poor little elves, they're really overworked. <laughs> it's it's such a Christmas good song. happen for all of us. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> and the other one I'll throw in, it is more of a classic song, but was originally from a holiday special in 1979 called John Denver and the Muppets: A Christmas. Christmas together. What a good album. And this one just has a lot of nostalgia for me because I remember throwing in the CD and like our five CD table, whatever it's called thing. And I especially love the the Muppetness that comes through in the 12 days of Christmas. Yes. Um, just, just definitely a good one, you know, with Piggy belting out about the five golden rings and, and everything. That one has a special <laughs> place in my heart and always will. One we would belt out in the car too on our way up to <laughs> yes. look at Christmas lights or something. Oh boy. Yeah. So those are the last two. I, I, I could probably go on and on. I, that's why I didn't look up too many details, but I'll, I'll call it there for mine. What, what else do you two have? You know, those are the ones I had to talk about in detail, but I've got a bunch of honorable mentions. We, we could go on for a long time uh, with honorable mentions. Before we move on, I want to jump in, though, with those two albums added from the Bare Naked Ladies holiday album. I would add Sleigh Ride because it is the funniest version of Sleigh Ride <laughs> that has ever existed. It's so good. <laughs> and that was one, so I just kind of looked up the history of Sleigh Ride that, you know, it was a light orchestra standard that was composed in 1946. Another one that was composed in the summer during a heat wave that they were dreaming of cold weather. And then it was <laughs> then actually finished in February and recorded and everything. And then the lyrics were added in 1950. And so Bare Naked Ladies, they... Just kind of go ba 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 da ba da ba da ba da ba. It's literally <laughs> that, yes. This is the literally whole song, that, yeah. and it's hilarious. And like they make themselves laugh throughout it, and I like that. Same thing with their version of Jingle Bells, that it starts off as this beautiful piano, and then they just like go nuts singing it. And, it's, it's so good, right? Well, in Jingle Bells, another song I had looked up is like an original classic song. One that is widely considered the most commonly sung American songs in the world uh, was written actually in the 1800s. It's a very, very wow. old song. Wow. Um, it was written in 1857 under the title The One Horse Open Sleigh. So, and it was usually sung in a Sunday school for Thanksgiving or as a drinking song. <laughs> And (laughs) it's one that doesn't actually have a connection to Christmas in the lyrics, but then became associated with it when it was uh, featured with other Christmas songs on different Christmas recordings and things. That's awesome. I think that was interesting. All right, boys, this last one. Let's get some jingle bells. What do you say? (laughs) (laughs) Then to add to the Muppet album... Uh, Christmas is Coming is one of my favorites from that one with Miss Piggy and Gonzo and I don't remember who else that she's got them singing their round. in there, yeah. Scooter. And Robin. Yeah, that's it. It's Scooter and Robin. Oh, that's who it is. So Christmas is Coming was actually a traditional nursery rhyme and was sung as a round and everything and is, yeah, a very old classic standard. And so to hear Miss Piggy and the Muppets singing it makes it even funnier, <laughs> yeah. I think. It's very good. <laughs> um, But then... Yeah, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is so beautiful from that album. And then not from that album, but still Muppets, is One More Sleep Till Christmas from A Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, it's so good. I love that song. Good stuff. 
Well, let's let's do a rapid fire of of uh, honorable mentions when we get to the end here. But I Sounds think that's good. probably a good spot to wrap it up for now. Uh, go check out our Spotify playlist. We'll have a link in the uh, description of the episode wherever you're listening. It'll take you to Spotify, and you can listen to a bunch of our favorites. And hopefully, that'll just make for a good holiday playlist for you. You can just be playing yeah. that all all the time until Christmas. So and even after, yeah, keep it rolling, man. So especially on a hot summer day. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. So, well, we'll wrap it up. As usual, we want to hear what you think. Send us an email at thefavoriteshow at gmail.com. Look us up on Instagram at the favorite show podcast. Let us know your favorite Christmas songs, holiday songs. We've mostly talked about Christmas, but you know, holiday songs in general, we want to hear all about them. Um, and thanks to everybody for, who's been emailing in. We really enjoy, uh, you know, hearing from all of you and hearing your input and your opinions and stuff. It's really fun. So keep, keep those emails coming. Uh, also let us know if you have suggestions for future topics or guests or whatever. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we'd love a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And if you don't like what you hear, I'm sure it's because of my scratchy, gross voice uh, having a cold. And so, yeah, that's probably true. you know, I apologize. <laughs> my sinuses are all glorked up and uh, that's no fun to Glork. listen to. So I'm sorry. Hold on to your five stars until I feel better. <laughs> then, Go then, listen to Bing Crosby. Them. That voice will... Totally balanced. Yeah, out. that'll that'll offset my my cold, gross voice. So. Yeah, he's not quirky. <laughs> That's right. Nope, he's the opposite. <laughs> Literally the opposite. <laughs> oh man. Well, that'll wrap it up. Until next week. My name's Aaron. Sean here. And I'm Shannon. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Cue the music. Otanenbaum, specifically the Vince Guaraldi version. Jingle Bells from Michael Bublé's album entitled Christmas. What Christmas Means to Me by Stevie Wonder. Feliz Navidad. It must have been old Santa Claus from When My Heart Finds Christmas, Harry Connick Jr. album. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, in sync. Must have been old Santa Claus by Harry Connick Jr. I saw three ships as performed by Sting on the compilation album A Very Special Christmas 3. Christmas Time by Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, I was about to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I don't know who originally wrote it, but my buddy Mike McClellan covered it, and it's so good. I covered his version myself. <laughs> the Night Santa Went Crazy by Weird Al Yankovic from his album Bad Hair Day. Great one. Sleigh Ride by Squirrel Nut Zippers. Sleigh Ride as performed by The Ventures. Is that you, Santa Claus, by Louis Armstrong and the Commanders. Jingle Bells by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. And Jingle Bells by Benny Goodman. Run Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry. The 12 Days of Christmas, more commonly known as the 12 Canadian Days of Christmas by Bob and Doug McKenzie. The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. Oh Holy Night as performed by Aaron Neville and I'm Not Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Time is Here from A Charlie Brown Christmas by Vince Guaraldi. Merry Christmas Darling by The Carpenters. The 12 Days of Christmas and I'm Getting Nothing for Christmas by Reliant K from the album Let It Snow Baby, Let It Rain Dear. Like It's Christmas by The Jonas Brothers. Skating by Vince Guaraldi. Marshmallow World by Darlene Love. Please Come Home for Christmas by The Eagles. The 12 Days of Christmas as performed by Bella Fleck and the Flecktoes. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by George Tidwell. Did we do Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree yet by Brenda Lee? If not, there you have Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Frank Sinatra. Santa Claus is Back in Town by Elvis and also as performed.
performed by 500 East. Yeah. <laughs> Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. I'll Be Home for Christmas as performed by Leslie Odom Jr. Christmas by Blues Traveler. Little Saint Nick as performed by the Beach Boys. It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. And last one, Joel, The Lump of Coal by The Killers. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, what a great one to end on. So Amazing. good. All right, that's probably good.